The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? In the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email spots. clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to hear from a longtime friend of the Voices of Search podcast and a world-renowned SEO. Joining us today is Eli Schwartz, who is a growth advisor helping B2B and B2C companies scale their SEO visibility. Eli has helped companies including Shutterstock, Zendesk, Quora, and Gusto tackle their SEO challenges and accelerate their organic growth. Previously, Eli spent six-plus years managing SurveyMonkey's global SEO team with their strategy and implementation across their entire brand portfolio, and he is also the author of the recently published book, Product-Led SEO, The Why Behind Building Your Organic Growth Strategy. Yesterday, Eli and I talked about his newly published book, Product-Led SEO, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about one of the big questions in SEO today. Is SEO still a dark art? And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right. Here's the second part of my conversation with global growth advisor and author of product-led SEO, Eli Schwartz. Eli, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. It's great to be back here. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to have you back on the show. Excited to continue our conversation. Yesterday, we talked about what is product-led SEO other than the title of your book. It's the principle of understanding whether you should be doing SEO and how to make sure that you're not just optimizing keywords but driving positive user experiences. I think one of the things that gets confused when we talk about SEO is the difference between I put the right keywords on the page to get traffic and I got traffic that leads to a positive conversion. There's a big difference between optimizing for Google and optimizing for content experience, which leads to the question, 
what actually works and is it worth investing in sort of the dark arts of SEO? Talk to me about whether SEO is a dark art these days. I think for some SEO is and always will be a dark art, but I, I think that's misguided. I think that if you think about who you're doing SEO for, there should be no question of that you want to do things right. So if you're doing SEO for a user, you're doing SEO to build business for your business, whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's downloads or customers or signups, why would you trick people? Why would you want people that accidentally end up there? Why would you focus your effort on running away from Google's algorithms, which ultimately you'll never really be long-term successful at? Why would you do that? I would rather you think about who your user is. And like we, I talked about in the book on product-led SEO, think about who your user is. You're building product experiences for your users and build for those users and try to convert those users and measure those users the way you measure every other channel. And that's what you should be aiming after. Not like how, again, how can you hide from Google? And I think one of the common misconceptions that there is in the world about SEO is that, you know, Google is your enemy and Google, you're trying to hide from Google. And I think really we should, everyone in the search industry and, and everyone everywhere should embrace Google. Well, I think some people may disagree when it comes to privacy, but they should embrace Google as their friend. Google's trying to provide a great experience for search users who are looking for a very specific need at any specific time. And you want to make sure you're satisfying that need and they're bringing those users to you at the right time. So embrace Google and understand that Google's trying to achieve that and learn from that and create those experiences just for those users when they need whatever it is that you're offering. You know, I think that that's good advice for the right way to have long-term success. And I feel like a lot of the dark arts come in where I want to start driving SEO success. I want organic traction and I want it now as opposed to I'm building for long-term success. I understand it's going to take six months to a year to multiple years to scale up and get to a point where I have SEO success and something that's predictable and steady. I want to climb the mountain quickly, and then I'll start building uh, content that's meant to keep me there for long-term. So talk to me about you know the dark arts of starting SEO, building reputation, sort of doing the arbitrage to get in Google's good graces. And is there a difference between doing that and then staying there once you have brand reputation, domain ranks, keywords, authority, all the other stuff you need to you know, get users to your site? Yeah. I mean, internally, I cringed when you started saying about trying to climb that mountain really quickly because it's possible. It's possible you can climb that mountain really quickly. You can find loopholes in Google's algorithms, you can buy links, you can make shady pages. But then once it stops working, once Google catches you, you're done forever. So you can't build a real legitimate consumer brand or any sort of brand that any point in time, Google will just kick you off and you can't get back into Google's good graces. So I would never recommend doing anything short-term like that. SEO does take time. SEO takes many, many months before Google or any sort of search engine is going to learn what the quality of your website is. They're going to learn the quality of your content. They're going to look at user engagement. I know there's a big debate in the search industry about whether Google measures click-through on from search results. I don't think Google measures click-through on individual search results because Google is a very scientific company. And if someone's only there's only 100 searches on a specific query a month, they're not going to be able to have any sort of scientific conclusion that you are good or bad. But on an aggregate level, they are looking at the clicks that are coming into your website versus the clicks coming into other websites. And they are, of course, learning from that. And Google is a machine learning company. 
And I think it's important to call out one other aspect of dark arts, the very popular aspect of dark arts, which is acquiring links that are somewhat not the most clean links, like the place where you'll put the links or the way you'll acquire the links, whether you buy the links, whether you trade for the links. I think if you think about Google as an AI and machine learning company, the same way any human can go read a blog post, say on Forbes or Inc or any of the other places where it has been known that you're able to get yourself a backlink without necessarily deserving that backlink. The same way any human can read that and say, well, that's kind of odd that we're, we have um, pet prices and Bitcoin, the latest Bitcoin prices and you know something around uh, buying real estate all in the same article, all with backlinks. That looks odd to me. Google's machine learning, Google's AI can do the exact same thing. So it's not that you're necessarily going to get penalized. Google will just completely ignore that. And I know, Benjamin, you're in, a, you're in Silicon Valley where Google has self-driving cars. And you know, I used to live there and used to see these self-driving cars on the road all day. And as far as I can tell, they never hit anybody. And you know, I certainly messed around with those cars myself by riding my bike in front of them to see what would happen. They can think for themselves. So this is the same company that we're trying to use SEO dark arts against. They have the AI that can do some pretty advanced stuff. I'm sure they can figure out if you're doing something sneaky that you're being sneaky. I don't think that riding your bike in front of any sort of vehicle is a good way to test AI, just for the record. Let me be the first one to say, don't do that, everyone who's listening. I appreciate the scientific approach. There's got to be a better way. I also think that, well, I understand, yeah, Google's smart and they've you know, obviously they're a machine learning company. They have artificial intelligence, but people do spammy link building for a reason and they've seen results. And so I think that there's a risk reward. I think of this like sprinting up Mount Everest. You could run as fast as you can up Mount Everest and maybe you have enough endurance to make it all the way up to the top. But most people are going to have a heart attack at some point. And as the air starts to get thin, the more danger you're in. That's the same thing with cutting corners while you're climbing up the mountain with SEO, you know, at some point, the higher you get, the more, you know, the shadier your tactics, the faster you run, the more risk you have of burnout or, you know, honestly, Google just knocking you back down the hill. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. 
when you think about what are some of the ways that are not just, you know, the dark arts, the, the link building, the artificial intelligence gaming, what are some of the ways that you can move quickly to start to build SEO traction? It's not necessarily quick, but it's the right thing to do, which is to build a brand. So rather than go out and put all this money and effort into like, how do you get people to link to you when you don't really deserve that link? Put all that effort into building the brain, putting the effort into why people should love you and getting people to talk about you. You can spend the same amount of money on PR and get links or spend the money on guest posts that get links, but potentially don't do anything because the links are hidden in there. I'd rather do everything the right way, which is build that brand, get people to talk about you because you deserve to be talked about. Build something that customers are loyal to because you deserve for them to be loyal to you. So again, it's not quick, but you're providing great experiences that help you build this foundation to continue to grow into the future. Whereas if you cut corners, just like you said, sprinting up Mount Everest, the penalty is pretty vast. You could get permanently put into purgatory and your, your website will never get out of it. I got a little story for you. I know a guy who was running a guitar lesson website that got you know 30,000 visitors a month, not a ton, but you know, a fair amount for a small website. It was kind of niche. It was closing in on an acquisition of the company just purely to sell the content. And Google gave him a manual penalty for not implementing the rules of how you should get content from the search engine. Basically, he tried to do an interstitial pop-up to be like, hey, enjoy this one piece of content, but then subscribe or, or pay for stuff. And Google frowned upon that. And it cost him the acquisition. You know who that person is? Is that you? It's the host of the Voices of Search podcast. <laughs> now, I wasn't trying to do anything shady. I wasn't trying to make SEO a dark art. I was trying to do what the New York Times does and you know all the other media publications, which is enjoy this piece of content for free. But Google looked at it as me trying to game the system. And it had a 100% decline in my business's exit probability because Google punished me for what they considered to be bad behavior. The penalties that Google can levy on you are incredibly, incredibly painful. Take it from me. That is a scary story. I mean, I had my own story, which you know sort of set me straight. In 2010, the company I was working for was hit by the Google Panda update and we lost 65% of our traffic in one morning because we had duplicate content. And prior to that day when they launched Google Panda, we were complying with the rules. There was no real rule against having thin content. You were supposed to provide great experiences for users and write great content for users, and we did. And that day, Google decided that they didn't want that much duplicate content in the, in the internet. They decided that uh, specifically they were targeting companies like Demand Media, who had, I think it was eHow, was that what it was, where they had like articles on how to pour water and do dumb things. Like how do you drink water? How do you pour water? How do you close your eyes to go to sleep at night? Like people Googled for that stuff and they monetized it with advertising. Google was trying to figure out that that content was thin. And the company I was at, we got hit by that penalty. And I realized that it was never worth it. Short-term success does not lead to long-term success. It's the sign of a good SEO is like, trust me, I know that Google penalties suck. I'm not going to do that anymore. We're going to do this the right way. We're going to be patient. We're going to do it, take our time and make sure that we build real results. Eli, I'm glad to know I'm not the only person that camp that's seen the dark side of Google because if it's a dark art, there are dark penalties as well. It's not a good place to be. And begging your way back into Google, you know, I had a friend who she was on the Google search quality team 
And there were things that like, and she was a great friend to have. She was a good friend anyways. But there were things that she didn't tell me because like they were specifically told, don't tell anybody this stuff. It's a secret. And then there was stuff that she did tell me because she wasn't told and I knew how to ask her. So I'd be like, oh, how was your day? Or how was your week? And she's been like, it's really rough. I'm like, you must be getting a lot of those reconsideration emails. And she'd be like, oh yeah, they're really tough. Like people write these emails about like how they're on the verge of suicide because like their websites have been you know, penalized by Google or they've now had to fire all their employees and terrible, terrible things. And this weighed on her. Obviously she wasn't supposed to share that with me, but again, she wasn't told, she was told things like, don't tell people which office you work out of, or don't tell people how big the team is. But that was like great information to learn. And I said, what do you do with things like that? She said, the algorithm is the boss. So what they would do is if you would write in an email on the reconsideration request and say, yeah, I'm on the verge of suicide because you've penalized my website. She had to ignore that part of it and run an algorithm, which they had written to see, is this site spam? Is this not site not spam? And if the site came up as spam, then unfortunately that reconsideration email was going to be ignored. And if the site came up as not spam, then she could respond and say the penalty has been lifted. And that's pretty much all that search quality team did. Look, the search quality team's got a tough job. And look, as the SEO community, as people of the internet, of people of the world, it's hard to disintermediate yourself from you know your business and, the, and its performance. Uh, let me just be the first one to also say, other than don't ride your bike in front of a car, if your website crashes, it's not worth committing suicide. Uh, by all means, there are other things in life that are important. Don't let Google be that big of a factor in your marketing mix, in your business, and in your life. But Eli... You've got lots of good things going on in your life, including the book. Tell us one more time a little bit about the book, where we can get it. I want to be a supporter of yours. You've been a great fan of the and supporter of the podcast. Uh, tell the listeners you know, a little bit about Product-Led SEO. So Product-Led SEO is a book written to think about SEO from a strategic standpoint, to think about whether you should do SEO. If you should do SEO, how should you think about SEO? How should you think about SEO as a part of your marketing mix? And how does SEO fit in with your paid marketing? Where does it fit within your company? Who should you hire when you want to hire for SEO? If you're an executive suddenly responsible for SEO, or you've been responsible for SEO for a long time, this is the book that will really help you understand search from a holistic standpoint. If you're an SEO manager and you want to know how to better think about SEO for long-term success, then this book is for you also. And if you're an SEO manager who's just banging your head against the wall, trying to explain to your boss why they need to stop asking questions about why your rankings fell by three positions, this is a book that really helps them understand that this is not the metric you need to use to measure your SEO success. If you're the SEO that's in a dark place, doing dark, shady things, and you're not sure how to do it the right way or why to do it the right way, then I think that this is the book for you. Eli, congratulations on the launch. I'm very excited for you. I've got my copy on the way. And uh, looking forward to reading it. Thanks for coming back on the show and being my guest. That's great to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Global Growth Advisor and the author of Product-Led SEO, Eli Schwartz. If you'd like to get in touch with Eli, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is 5LE. That's the number five, the letter L, the letter E. Or you could visit his website, elishwartz.co, where you can find his book at productledseo.com. 
And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Music.